you can oh. hear the love in your voice when you yeah, talk uh, about him. I have no love in my body. He's got heart in I his a, hearts in his eyes. I have no love in he my body at glowing. all. He starts glowing. You should is, see him, man. It is dead in there. Hello and welcome to week twenty. This is the CFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Pat Steinberg, along with the lovely Hannah Norbin, and of course, the always, always intellectual Jeff Creever, who is always well-calculated and careful uh, in all of his opinions and everything he does. Uh, what's happening right now? <laughs> I'm trying out. How was I? Um, I'll give you a solid, a solid six. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a solid six. I'm not a good enough Pat Steinberg? I'm Pat Steinberg. I'm Pat Steinberg. I think it's getting worse. Nah, I'm just I, I'm uh, I'm just usually like I'm I'm a seven, so I think I think a six is pretty good for you. I'm Patrick. What's your middle name? It's James. I think that was what I was gonna guess J. I was gonna say Patrick J. Steinberg. It just sounds so right. Not bad. Not <laughs> bad. Of course, no one would ever know that. I should have said it first. Darn it! I hate when that happens. Yeah, no one will believe you. All right. Well, I guess Pat, you can open the show. If you'll let me, that's that's nice of you. Uh, all right, well we'll give it a try. That was that was a lot to follow. It's going to be tough to follow that act. But try to match my. Welcome energy. to week twenty of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. Yeah, we are counting right down to the end of the season. The battle at the top is. Very close right now. Even the battle between the three of us on the CFL Fantasy Podcast is pretty close right now. Uh, we still have got $10,000 to give away at the end of the year at cflfantasy.tsn.ca for our year-long winger winner. Guys, only two weeks left of the CFL season. Yes, he's Jeff Creever trying out. My name is Pat Steinberg. She's Hannah Nordman. We are underway on our Week 20 podcast for the CFL Fantasy Podcast. And lots to talk about guys. Uh, we can talk about Jeff's audition. We can talk about what's happening this coming weekend for Halloween. We can talk about what we saw over the weekend in week 19. But I think the most important thing of all is the fact that Hannah Nordman had a full weekend off. She couldn't bore us with her stories of 26 hours of work and how she never does anything for the weekend. So what does a full weekend off look like for one third of our fantasy podcast this better be good <laughs> this better be good i felt pressure so what happened is i was supposed to be reading highlights on the news on saturday and there was no late show because there was a hockey doubleheader so instead of staying until midnight i was off at seven and so i felt the pressure immediately to do something luckily one of my friends from winnipeg was in town Hit the town, got some ramen, went to a place called Pacific Junction Hotel, which is just like, there's foosball, there's giant Jenga. It's a good time there. It's cool. Sunday involved brunch and football and not moving a whole lot, which was great. Um, so you so live like a normal Torontonian. Yeah, I'd like to think that I did a proper weekend. <laughs> Didn't completely waste it, but it felt very strange. Good to have you back. Glad you showed up. Glad, <laughs> glad life wasn't too good for you to bow out of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. This no week. more eternal vacation. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Pat, what did you get up to this weekend? I I was uh, I was playing the role of Hannah this weekend. I uh, I worked all weekend. Had uh, Flames games on Friday and Sunday, so got a little bit of time on Saturday. But for the most part, it was a very uh, work heavy weekend for me. So yes, I was. I if if Hannah had the full weekend off, somebody had to work the entire way through. So that was me. So I was the far more. I did get out and was able to get out with a couple of friends on Saturday, but nothing crazy. And uh, that means the Creever, you've got you've to bring it home with a, a good story or something. He's Sorry, not I don't, going to. I don't have any good stories. I was just sipping my uh, PSL. If you don't know, that's short for pumpkin, is it? Yeah, pumpkin spice latte. Wanted to make sure I got the letters in the right order. Pumpkin spice latte. Having, having my first one today. Today, uh, right now, today. Pat. I brought He's Hannah one, uh, and we're, we're having a, a PSL party here at Hannah's place. So I hope, I hope you have one close by. Oh, it's very pumpkin-y. It is very pumpkin-y. Wow. It's actually all right. I kind of get it. I, I feel kind of left out. I won't lie. I feel like I did. I feel like you could have should have 
should have told me something. Should have given me a memo so well, I could have gotten go one. Get so one. I don't yeah. feel left out with so my glass of water here. Have one and uh, just have one after the show and, and send your photo and we'll we'll put a little montage. We have a photo anyway. And uh, we also had our scary donuts from Tim Hortons. Yeah, so Halloween-themed donuts. It's the... I had this... It's funny that, that we mention it. Well, I mentioned it. Um, it's. I had this debate with a, with a colleague yesterday, uh, Kyle Scott, the best video producer uh, around. And we kind of... We kind of argued about it, believe it or not, whether it's the eye of the, the pumpkin spice season right now. Because I, I think it's... I think that's past. I think that's Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I think that's like September. It's it's the first couple weeks. That's after what I think. It starts weeks. in September, and it's then, an early fall kind of. Year. Yeah, and then once you hit Thanksgiving, you're you're sort of in the middle of it, and then you you get to the end of October and Halloween, and it's like that's sort of the. Well, then American cutoff. Thanksgiving comes, and the Christmas menu comes out, and that's well, a that's, whole yeah. other so, set of Starbucks and Tim Hortons drink themed hysteria. It's a legitimate debate. Definitely the best use of our time uh, spent talking on this podcast this week. What is the eye of I the pumpkin spice storm? <laughs> Pat's shaking I don't think there's his any head doubt. Right how, how mad is Pat right now? First, I stole his opening. Well, I, I definitely rattled him because he didn't know what to do after that. Like, he was unsure going into his opening. And I wasn't now, sure. I wasn't sure if we were if we were recording or if you were just ha- doing ha- like having a little fun. I wasn't sure, so I was like, I guess I'll roll with it. Uh, Cre- like I don't know if you've noticed, Hannah, but Creever has gradually just taken over this podcast with his yes. inane ideas, and like it's like every week it's like. Okay, it's like 70% Creever, 15% Hannah, 15% Pat. Then this week it'll probably be like 82% Creever. <laughs> so I, I just, I'm just like, I'm surprised that I'm still in, like, you guys are both in Toronto. I'm just thinking next week it'll be 90% Creever, 10% Hannah. So I, I'm not really surprised by it. I won't be, I, I, I won't be surprised writing. if I'm off it for week 21. English is your major. The percentages, the numbers, they're way off. It just... hasn't even been gradual. It's just been like, man, fall hit and he got, a little bit out of control. Now he's diving into his donuts, so he won't be able to talk for a few seconds if you want to take that advantage. But he's about to hit the road, too. It's custard in the middle. Yeah, I'm going to come visit you in Calgary, Pat. And uh, I'm almost done with my time we'll, with Jeff. Maybe we'll have candy cane lattes. What? Those are better. There's ca- and there's the gingerbread one as well for Christmas time. So mm. you should should keep your uh, keep your eye on that one. Um, we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, we've got Brandon Banks done for the year in Hamilton. That'll be a big time discussion topic. We've got plenty of intriguing matchups in Week 20. We've got big time questions at the Calgary Stampeders and whether or not they're a team that we really want to target on the offensive side of things. But you did mention Halloween, and uh, we we don't know exactly when we're going to record the next one but it'll be around Halloween when we record the next one and Halloween will probably have hit by the time the the next one publishes so we might as well talk about it right now do we have any uh do we have any plans for Halloween weekend what's everyone's what's everyone's best costume I'm not I don't do costumes yeah. I don't really do it you so don't I, do I don't costumes. know I'm I'm going to live no. vicariously through you guys well okay so that we, seems like the two, most. We got two. This Debbie is going really Downer. well. That's a really good. Do this is a really good topic for the podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> I, Pat, I first of all, shocker, not surprised at all. Pat Steinberg doesn't do costumes. Sorry, Patrick J. Steinberg, uh, as we learned, doesn't do costumes. Patrick J. Steinberg, distinguished, so distinguished, too distinguished for costumes. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't normally do it either, unless I have a fun idea. But it's not like I'm against fun. I just. Like I'm not against. It. I don't. I don't roll my eyes and say, "Oh, it's it's fine." I, we'll have a little Halloween party in the office, and uh, I'm sure there will be lots of great, uh, great segues and references and pumpkins and all that fun going on on the broadcast this weekend when we watch the games. Um, we can have a lot of scary debates on the podcast as well. The, the great only debates, the scariest scary of debates. What's what's. So here's one that I had. Here's one that because I want to do a CFL themed costume if I'm doing one. Okay. What's the best CFL themed costume that you could you could think of? I know the answer to that one because it's this is the easiest question you've ever asked. 
I think the best CFL-themed podcast is what Hannah was wearing in her Twitter <laughs> picture for a week when she lost our three-way battle. Oh. I think Hannah needs to go with a watermelon on her head and in full rider regalia. That, that is the easiest question you've ever asked, Trevor. Well, if we're talking about CFL podcast-themed CFL costumes, Jeff is clearly going as a seagull. <laughs> yeah, or or Johnny Manziel with a seagull on the shoulder. Right. Either way, Which a seagull is involved. Really fun. Because you cannot get enough of those. Or seagulls. like a seagull attached and flying overhead or whatever. What does uh, what does a Johnny Manziel fanboy look like, and how could you dress <laughs> up like him for uh, for Halloween, Creever? It's offside. We're moving on. Next topic. Hall- forget Halloween. We did, guys, we're not talking about any actual CFL stuff here, so. I think we got to move the well, topic along. You're, and it's you're the one. Stuff. You're the one who wanted to touch on Halloween. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we got there. And you talked about your pumpkin spice lattes. So I just wanted to make sure we got it all out of the way. Uh, let's get into it, guys. Uh, last week, our week 19 results looked like this. Pretty close. Hannah led the way for a second straight week. 88.9 points. Uh, I was about 10 back. Right down the middle at 78.2. Creever uh, right behind me at 76. It was uh, not the highest scoring week across the board when it came to CFL Fantasy. It was all about the receivers in Week 19. How about Devere Posey in BC? He had a massive breakout game. Three majors in one quarter. 34.3 points to lead the week. In Hamilton, the trio of Brandon Banks, Luke Tasker, Jeremiah Mazzoli came through again. All 25 and over. Uh, and of course, we know about the bad news with Banks being done for the year with that broken clavicle. Brutal news for our game and brutal news for the CFL. Solid week for quarterbacks, too. No one went off, but four had more than 20, including Mike Riley, who broke out of his slump in B.C., uh, Eugene Lewis, Marquise Ambles, R.J. Harris, also over 20. Three low-cost options at receiver that certainly paid off in a big, big way. Tough week at running back, though. The two top point-getters did the damage via the return game. Chris Rainey over 17 points. Romar Morris of the Stamps just under 15 points. Outside of that, top running back was Montreal's William Stanback at 14.4. Finally, Ricky Collins, Chris Matthews, C.J. Gable, Adarius Bowman, and Shaq Johnson were all big-time disappointments, failing to record five points. Guys, I had both Matthews and Gable in my lineup, so I know full well how much of a disappointment those two guys were. So plenty of disappointments in Week 19 as well. Brandon Banks out for the year. Uh, as Pat mentioned, uh, as, as Hannah's... Uh, mentioned and we'll touch on it in the fantasy flash. It's this is a devastating injury for the Ticats, who have been the most explosive offense in the CFL this year. Um, I have a strong opinion on this, but I want to hear from each of you. How does this impact fantasy? Not just not having that that costly option in banks to choose anymore, but this has a, a an immediate direct effect on Jeremiah Mazzoli throwing him the ball on Luke Tasker, the other top receiver for the Ticats, and on a new receiver who's looking to get into the lineup in Terrell Sinkfield. Hannah and Pat, what does this mean for this week and the weeks moving forward? I, at, at first glance, it seems devastating because it seems like the entire offense moves through Brandon Banks, but then you look at what they have there and the other options – And it's not like they're going through a Calgary situation where one after another after another goes down, but Luke Tasker's value now shoots up. He's a $3,000 cheaper Brandon Banks. Um, Terrell Sinkfield played back up to Banks last game. His role is probably going to pick up in a big way, and we know how fast he is. He's just $5,000. Marquay McDaniel may be another guy to keep an eye on. And uh, Mike Jones has already been doing some pretty good things, not every single week, um, but he's had a couple big games. He had nearly 30 points back in week 15, so even Mike Jones can pick up some of that slack and go off. See, this to me is, I mean, first of all, it's a devastating injury because we're talking about the most exciting and most explosive player in the CFL. And, and I think as the year has gone along, we've had conversations about who the number one receiver is. And I think that as, as we sit here right now with two weeks to go in the season, I don't think there's any debate that if, if there were to be who's the top receiver in the CFL, I think it's Brandon Banks. And yeah. so that from, from that 
perspective, it's it's absolutely devastating that he's done for the year. I feel awful for him, and I feel awful for the Tiger Cats. To me, this comes down to, okay, so much of this offense has run through Banks and what he's able to do, how much attention he's able to take, and you know some of the stuff that he does away from the ball, and that is no longer an option for Hamilton. So yes, all those names that you just mentioned there, Hannah, are, are very interesting to me. Luke Tasker, Sinkfield stepping in most likely to exactly the same role that Banks was in, and the fact that Sinkfield has got the the same type of breakaway speed that Banks has makes him a really interesting option. But I'm really curious about Jeremiah Mazzoli here, and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm worried about Mazzoli. I'm just really interested in the guy who has kind of been throughout the entire year probably the most consistent quarterback both in CFL fantasy and just statistically in this league. Now he's lost his number one target and the most dangerous target in the league. How does Jeremiah Mazzoli adjust? So I think all those guys are really intriguing. Uh, Sinkfield's a guy that I'm absolutely all over this week when it comes to getting him in my lineup, and I think the price is right for a guy like that. But to, to me, Craver, the guy that is is most intriguing to me and how he reacts to such a devastating injury is is the quarterback and what we see from Mazzoli now without such a, a huge target to be able to, to throw to on a regular basis. The last time the Hamilton Tiger Cats didn't have Brandon Banks in the lineup, they played the Calgary Stampeders in that game. And it was a struggle. It was a real struggle to generate offense. Jeremiah Mazzoli, 4.8 points in that game. The leader in that game was the returner, Shakir Ryan, who's no longer with the team. Uh, Tasker, 12 points. Green, 9 points. Granted, uh, they're playing the Stamps. A lot of weird things happened in that game. It was such a hot day. I remember remember that clearly that just being one of the strangest football games I've seen but yeah I, I'm I'm just curious to see how this affects not just Mazzoli but the rest of the Ticats offense because you would you would say logic would dictate oh a lot of Banks's targets go to Luke Tasker now right um, Mike Jones is going to step into a bigger role uh, Terrell Sinkfield needs to come in as a speed threat and, and take Banks's spot directly but that offense, if there's a step down there, uh, if that offense no longer averages, um, you know, the, the 330 or whatever passing yards per game that it's averaging, which leads the CFL, that's a loss for everybody else involved. And if you, t- if you take away the most explosive player in the CFL from that offense, is it the most explosive in the league anymore? And who's losing out? So that's my question. Uh, and that, that gives me a little bit of fear in the Ticats right now. It really does. I'm I'm really worried about big picture, uh, a loss of production across the board for every player on that offense. I'm I'm not all that worried about Hamilton, especially this week, especially with where they are in the season and what's on the line this week and who they're playing. I think they're going to be just as pumped up, especially after how they lost last week. It was it was a very weird game to watch. So. Yes, it's a it's a big team loss, and it's a big loss for everybody watching these games because who doesn't want to see Brandon Banks play? But I don't think it's quite the devastating team loss that you're making it out to be. Yeah, Banks is definitely the guy that you you print on the tickets and yeah. the guys you go you go see to play. And this is this is a bummer for everyone involved. Um, yeah, and and we'll see. I, I I can definitely see that side of it, and and I think you still, Hannah, you're still kind of in the wait and see boat a little bit there no i've got some i've got quite a few tie cats in my lineup right now we're gonna we're gonna i'm in i'm firmly in the wait and see camp because as i mentioned i'm skeptical but the the one point i'll leave you with is we're going to find out it's it's a chicken and an egg situation really we're going to find out um did this offense become so dominant because of Jeremiah Mazzoli or did it become so dominant because of Brandon Banks? Because remembering back to Labor Day last year, uh, of course, there's June Jones in the, in the scenario as well. Uh, those were the three that came together at the same time to make something to make something very special there in Hamilton. What has been an incredible offense and by far the most entertaining and productive in, in the CFL. You take Brandon Banks away, and I'm really curious to see whether Mazzoli is the same player because I have a feeling that Brandon Banks and his dynamic ability that really no one else in the CFL possesses, maybe Deontay Spencer, but we haven't seen it uh, consistently from him in the same way. 
no one else in the league has that. So I, I'm really curious to see uh, what the response is there and, and whether the Ticats can move the ball without him because it changes everything. Eh, give Mazzoli some more credit. He needs a little bit more than that. Anyways, are we fantasy flashing? That's, that yeah. sounds <laughs> is inappropriate. Is that a terrible way to put that it? That sounds inappropriate. I don't, do, we have to, do we have to bleep that out? or I'm how not, does that... I'm not bleeping it. It's staying. That yeah. sounds that sounds pretty hot, guys. I'm not gonna lie. You oh, know what, okay. Jeff? You you, oh, no. you 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 this this sounds like something that you should throw to Jeff. It's a, it's the eighty percent Creever podcast. So so do our throw. <laughs> what does that mean? What are you depicting me as right now? What 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 uh, am Creamer. I in your in the mind of Patrick J Steinberg? What am I? What am I to you? Ridiculous. A, a podcast a podcast diva. Ridiculous. <laughs> Fantasy Flash, Hannah, give us the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Bakari Grant could make his season debut for the Stamps Friday in Winnipeg, though Dave Dickinson won't commit to the recently signed receiver quite yet. We've all heard the news now about Brandon Banks. He'll miss the rest of the season after being injured over the weekend. Tough loss for the Ticats. He was the CFL's second leading receiver. Ticats are likely to turn to recent addition Terrell Sinkfield, who's practicing with the starters this week, but has yet to play since signing two weeks ago. On the defensive side of the ball in Hamilton, defensive back Delvin Bro could be sidelined versus Ottawa. That could have fantasy implications for the Red Blacks. Keep an eye on BC running back and returner Chris Rainey, who's dealing with an ankle injury, according to Lowell Ulrich. Shakir Ryan has handled return duties in his absence. Continue to monitor the riders' backfield this week. Marcus Thigpen was a scratch in Week 19, making way for Cam Marshall. Trey Mason also saw playing time, but Marshall got the bulk of the work. And in Montreal, Johnny Manziel is still expected to start in Week 20. Antonio Pipkin took some first-team reps to start practice this week. But it was Manziel getting the majority of the work in the end. What a terrible mess that was. Ooh. What a terrible mess that was. Not the news, the Johnny Manziel situation. You, you did fine, Hannah. Thanks, Manziel Jeff. Did you, being, uh, being... Have you have you been all right with the with the question marks around Manziel? Like, have you been? I was a little worried about you when I saw that he wasn't taking some first team reps. I said, I better reach out to Creever to make sure he's okay. Make sure all he's right. still eating and sleeping. I am. An impartial, objective, Johnny Manziel observer. I bring the facts as they are. Let's just get that out in the open. Uh, Hannah, how's his tattoo look? Oh, it's oh, healing nicely. Man. It's a nice prominent position, yeah. side of his neck. It's great. Yeah, I can assure you. I can assure you. <laughs> I, side yeah, of your that neck, would be my I choice like for a tattoo. Johnny Manziel, right on the neck. Yep. Hannah, don't encourage him. It's fun. It's not fun. This podcast is about fun, Jeff. Uh, you're using my line even now. Johnny Manziel is, is starting this week. That's not even the, the first topic, but Pat's... See, Pat's taking over the podcast again. Uh, There's quite the situation with reports coming out that Antonio Pipkin's taking first-team reps, then all of a sudden Manziel's taking first-team reps. Seems like Manziel's going to start. Uh, we'll talk more about those guys later. Um... Though I thought he looked all right over the weekend. But last three games, let's start at the top uh, with this week's slate. Uh, Calgary Stampeders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Friday night. One of the biggest games of the season for both teams. The Stamps need to wrap up Can't the West. Wait. Bombers fans, I know that they are fired up for that game. And, and that being in Winnipeg, this has got to be one of the biggest regular season games the Bombers have had uh, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Calgary angle because Bo Levi Mitchell, little bit of a bounce back last week, but still losing his second consecutive start at home, something that has yet to happen in his prolific career in the CFL. Last three games, averaging 211.7 yards per game, more interceptions with five of them than touchdowns, and an average of 11 fantasy points per game. I'll start with you, Pat. Does he bounce back this week against the Bombers? I don't know. I, uh, I, I, if you were to say rate your confidence level that that happens, I would not be 
at the highest level. How's that? Like, I would kind of be somewhere in the sixes that we see that happen. And, and the reason why is because we're seeing a lot of frustration with this Stampeders offense right now. Like, Okay, Calgary needs a win to clinch the West Division, and I think they'll probably get that. So I, I think that we're talking about Calgary hosting the West Division final still, but it's a whole lot closer to being you know, uh, right down to the wire than we thought it was going to be. And I, I guess the issue that I have right now is Stampeders need to take these final two games to really get this group of receivers in some sort of a groove with their quarterback. And because I still think this is an offense with some growing pains with all the receiver turnover that they've had, and because I still think they're really working on finding that chemistry, I I don't know if we see it just pop and go off and and see Bo Levi Mitchell back to being one of the top fantasy quarterbacks in the league once again. Like, I think it's all based on getting things ready for the West Division final and making sure that come the postseason, everybody's on the same page. And so I wonder how many more growing pains we get between now and the end of the season. The Stampeders finish with a pair of road games this week in Winnipeg, then week 21 in BC. And, and, And I wonder if those two games aren't as as important for anything more than making sure that when they get to the postseason, uh, they've got some of these growing pains worked out. So I'm, I would not be super confident that all of a sudden it just is a snap of a finger and things are right back to where they were before all these injuries really started to strike. I do think it's going to be a little better just because there's going to be a little bit more chair time with everybody from Ambles to uh, Matthews and, and, and a little bit more familiarity with the quarterback. There's a lot of frustration right now uh, uh, with this Stampeders offense. We've seen it on the field. We've seen Bo look frustrated more so than he has in a long time. So my, my confidence level, not super high to make a long story short. <laughs> yeah. I'm only laughing I, because Jeff well, was going on no, about how you know, you're making it a long story. wasn't going on, A, and B. He's got some facial say, expressions over here. No, that. I'm calling you out because he laughed at the, to make a long story short. Pat, I agree. I, I think these games are more about getting ready for the playoffs for them than it is about these games. And for Winnipeg, that's totally not the case. Everything is about this game. But the one thing that kind of comes to mind for me, who's seen a lot of these Bombers, um, Stampeders matchups, is that similar to Bo going into Montreal and having trouble there, this Winnipeg team always seems to have a trouble with this Calgary team. Calgary's won eight of the last nine against Winnipeg. And the one, remember, last year was with Andrew Buckley starting. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Bo has got this team's number. There's always something to think about there. Bo always, it seems, performs well against this Bombers team, no matter the situation. The other thing we've learned this week, Mo Leggett, probably not in that game, uh, went off the field on a cart this week in practice, so tough news for the Bombers. Uh, in that spot, I would guess Chandler Fenner steps into that role, which he's more than capable of. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think you compare it to a year ago at this time, and Hannah, you talked about it being a, a competitive, uh, and Pat, both of you guys, about them having to compete right now to win games. Well, last year, yeah, the Stamps were starting Andrew Buckley, and uh, they were just trying to get rested and balance that whole rest versus rust thing. I think there's something to be said for a team that, yes, they may be getting ready for the playoffs, but they do need to win. They need to win. They need to win the West. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. They, they need to get that home playoff game. Uh, the week of rest is huge. Having uh, a Western final at McMahon uh, as a one-win ticket to get to the Grey Cup is absolutely ideal. And I also think that Bo, he can't be happy about all this. Uh, and knowing him, I mean, Pat, you know him better, but I... I I guarantee he's taken all this personally. I mean, he knows the comments. He knows what people are saying. Uh, are the stamps slumping is what people are asking. Are, the, are they still the Great Cup favorite is a, is a question on CFL.ca this week. And people are talking about the Bombers like they're the favorite. Yeah, I think Bo's got something to prove. And he wants to win MOP. And more importantly, he wants to win games and, and put up the numbers and get the stamps back to being great again. So I, I think he does bounce back against Winnipeg is where I come from. Um, with all of this and and when he goes off when he wants to make a statement and he does make a statement it's usually a pretty big one 
Well, and then on the receiver side, it seems like the ball, at least last week, went right through Marquis Thambles and uh, Rodgers. They're getting the targets. Is anyone else in that offense that you would be looking at? How many receivers are you actually looking at to put in your lineup in Calgary right now? Like, what a... How what kind of role does Calgary play in your current fantasy lineup? Keep it short. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, like you should talk. Uh it's tough <laughs> because the because with with the stamps right now, you've got Rodgers is no doubt the the best receiver this team has. So I think Rodgers is a guy who's going to continue to get targets. For the rest of the group, they like Ambles a lot, and he's coming into his own. But then you start to get into a, a group of receivers where, you know, we talked about Chris Matthews, didn't have a, a, a big game over the weekend, but he could easily be a guy that sees a ton of targets. I, I don't know, guys. Like, it, it kind of goes back to remember early in the season when we were having, when they were healthy and we were having the b- debate about which Stampeders receiver goes off on any given week. Now, I don't think it's the same type of conversation because they're missing all those proven receivers that they that we're used to but I still think it's the same kind of situation there's not a lot of separation between a lot of these guys save for Rodgers and maybe Amble starting to separate themselves so that that makes a lot of the other guys Creever some difficult plays if that was short enough for you thank you yes it was completely satisfactory um I, I'll, I'll say I like where Rodgers is at as far as his salary it's come down quite a bit and you're looking at roughly half the price of what Brandon Banks was before he went down. So I think there's a bit of a steal there. And to me, uh, I think Rodgers is the one guy in that lineup that's going to get consistent targets. And you're looking at an elite receiver that's due for a really big game. Bo still looks to him a ton. And he should be due for a breakout to give you some some good value there. The other guy I like, Marky Thambles is still his hand his money pick last week. Um, good job on that one. He had a big week. Ambles continues to, to get a ton of targets. If you break down uh, the number of times per game, Bo is, is looking to him. Uh, he's in that Kamar Jordan spot before Jordan suffered his season-ending injury, and he's done well for himself. So Rodgers and Ambles are the two guys I'm still looking at in that offense. Ambles, just because of the price and the potential for him to, to really Great go price. off. Yeah. He's, he's got the low price, but he's got the high ceiling. Yeah. He's not capped. He can easily go off for, you know, seven, eight catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. So He should be in everyone's lineup this week. Right. I don't think there's any reason for people to not throw Ambles in their lineup. Fair. Yeah. I think if all three of us could make him our money pick, we probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing as how we kind of had a debate as to who was going to take him as the, the money pick off the air. Well, yeah, I, I think was we're out. all kind of pretty much on board. I was out of the running because you can't do it two weeks in a row, but... Uh... <laughs> I got you there first. One more topic before <laughs> uh, before we leave this game. Cause the sly look of... Yes, I uh. just fit that in there. Uh, we've spent all season kind of avoiding playing guys up against that Stamps run defense. This week, it's Andrew Harris, who's coming off the bye. He's actually looked pretty good coming off of byes this year. Um, is that something we're still avoiding? Are we still not playing running backs up against this Calgary D, or is... Is Andrew Harris a different story? I don't play running backs against Micah Johnson. It's my rule. It's a personal, personal rule. Uh, he's too good, and that Stamps run defense is so good. Now, Micah Johnson, uh, a little bit dinged up at the end of last game, but according to Danny Austin, he's, he's been practicing this week, so I'd expect him to play. And, and with Andrew Harris's uh, a little bit still expensive price tag, granted he's come down a lot, Uh, throughout the season I'm still staying away from that Stamps run defense I just think there are better options yeah I'm with you Uh, I believe it was a season low uh, 13 yards the last time these two teams met for Andrew Harris and I know that the offense runs through him in Winnipeg but we're still talking about as much as we've got some question marks about the Stampeders offense and some of the growing pains they're going through like we're talking about under 85 yards per game the Stampeders are allowing on the ground right now it is tough it is tough to play a running back against them so no I'm I'm not in love with the Andrew Harris play if if it was a little bit he's just over $7,700 if he was maybe a little bit lower in terms of the price tag it might be a little bit more of an interesting play but I'm, I'm shying away from Harris in week 20. Well and maybe if it was a little bit colder I'd think about it too but it's still going to be somewhere in the 5 to 10 degrees range for that game so that ball is still going to be flying. 
Jeff, do you want to introduce your pun-riddled topic? I didn't make this one up. This Who one is made right. this one no, up? No, I didn't make it up. It I exists. don't It was a thing you. on the, the Thai Cats did a whole video. Wow. Uh, we'll tell them what we're talking about. It's about uh, Delvin Bro, um, and it's the Bro-Muta Triangle. That was a, thing, a segment the Thai Cats did uh, on TyCats.ca a little while back. The well, well regarded as the top shutdown corner uh, in the CFL, and he has helped that Thai Cats defense with... Now 77-year-old Jerry Glanville and the personality, the wonderful personality that he is, become uh, the best pass defense in the CFL. You just don't throw Delvin Bro's way. Well, Bro got injured last week, start of the third quarter. And what happened? Well, Trevor Harris had 211 of his passing yards, roughly two-thirds of his passing yards for the game in that second half, and the Red Blacks took over the game. The Ticats missed him. And so far... So far, it's not known if Bro is going to play this week. Um, doesn't appear that he has been practicing uh, up to this point as of what day it was Wednesday. They'll, yeah, they'll be hearing it on Thursday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't play, this changes a lot for for the Ottawa Redblacks' offense from a fantasy approach, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you could you could debate what was the bigger injury in that game for the Tiger Cats, and and obviously Banks is probably it because he's done for the season. Whereas we're not expecting Bro to be out the rest of the year, which is good news because of how important he is. If if Brandon Banks is the MVP on the offensive side of things, Delvin Bro is probably the off the, the defensive MVP on this Tiger Cats team. And so you know, it's I don't think there's any coincidence that a Tiger Cats game that they look to be in somewhat control of, you lose those two guys in the same game and it goes south on you I don't think it's necessarily a massive surprise so I do think it makes some of the passing options a little bit more intriguing for the Red Blacks and uh, let's let's not forget what we saw from Harris and the the passing attack once bro was out uh, it just opens up the entire field whereas you're, you're funneling things to one side of the field when he's out there because you're just not throwing his way uh, whereas now you've got a little bit more uh, in terms of a full field look so I'm I'm very, that's that is a big time status that I'm keeping my eye on and it makes some of those receivers fairly interesting uh, or and it makes Trevor Harris fairly interesting if he doesn't end up playing yeah I don't have a ton of red blacks in my lineup right now and I'm kind of wondering if that's a mistake of course this is my first draft I'm probably going to change it you know eight times between the recording of the podcast and the final submitting of the roster which I normally do uh, but I'm definitely missing out on some of these Ottawa options here. And I think I'm going to have to make that change before I hit send. Are you guys heavy Ottawa? Like what game, what game are we loving this week? Just as a general thought. Yeah, it's a tough call because I don't know. That game could be, could definitely be a track meet. And I still like that Toronto Montreal matchup just because two yeah. defenses that I'm not in love with. And it didn't, it wasn't great last week, but uh, we'll touch more on it in a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't pretty, but uh, there were still some fantasy points to be had from that game, and I think there's the potential for a lot more. Let's um, let's move to BC quickly because Jeff has a fun fill-in-the-blank game. Devere Posey scores touchdowns faster than blank. He had three in under eight minutes in that third quarter last week. So... Beer Posey scores touchdowns faster than what? Can't remember my answer. <laughs> good segment, Jeff. All right, moving on. No, it's not a Pat. Pat, give us a good answer. Come on. No, you, j- this is this is your baby. So you kick us off. I want to see where you go with this. He can't remember. I, I was going to say he scores touchdowns one. faster than Jeff brings up Johnny Manziel on the podcast, but <laughs> oh, I like that one. I like that yeah. one a lot. Just more low um, blows on what Jeff. A, what? What about faster than uh, a cat on a hot tin roof? That's a good one, I, I think. A hot tin roof. That's a good, that's, that's a saying, I think, that people say. It is a saying. Um, all right, well, that faster than, I'll say, I'll say, Devere Posey scores touchdowns faster than Pat Steinberg goes on a long rant. Um, faster than... Certainly faster than Certainly faster than you come up with something clever. Oh, Holy, right. somebody's got a brain cramp. <laughs> I think that one wins. If you're, Jeff, come on, I think man. The pumpkin spice latte made me sleepy today. It's Jeez, got if you're, you're going to crush me, you better have something to come up with yeah. yourself. Ooh. That was great. 
I'm calling it there. Jeff, you can circle back if it comes to yeah, you. Yeah, I'll come up with something. <laughs> all right, what do we yeah, think 20, about this? 20 minutes from now, he'll be all over it. Things, Googling, things that are fast. Yeah. <laughs> Cheetahs. <laughs> birds. All right, what do we think about the BC-Saskatchewan matchup? Because these are two solid defenses, two of the best defenses in the league. Are you guys targeting anyone in fantasy in this matchup, or is this kind of our no-go of the week? It's two good defenses. I mean, we, we've known that Saskatchewan's been a, a money pick on D all year long. And, you know, Jeff, you've been talking all year long, whether it be on this podcast or, you know, when, when we chat on the radio show out here on a weekly basis, you've been talking all year long about the job Mark Washington's done and, and how he's kind of really transformed that, that defense as the coordinator in BC. And he has. These are two really good defensive groups. And you know what's interesting? And I know we're talking about uh, offensive options. And, and I, I won't lie like I was thinking about Brian Burnham I'm like I got some money right now I can play around with I can put Burnham into my lineup and I'm like "Ah, I don't know going up against that SASD and I I don't know if I love a lot of the the riders targets against BC's D like I'm kind of staying away from that game from an offensive side of things but you're talking about Saskatchewan's defense at 47 and BC's defense at 35 if you are one of those people unlike Hannah and I who put a defense in every week and I'm thinking about it for week 20 both of those are really intriguing plays because you're not breaking the bank with either defense in that regard yeah I like the defenses in this matchup as well and I actually have the Riders defense in there uh, which has come down a little bit in cost once being over six thousand dollars and now it's in the four thousand dollar range solid matchup and the Riders they're at home it's a big game for them they need to win uh, to secure second place in the West in a home playoff game. And they also have a shot at uh, a West Division title. By the way, funny playoff scenario in that one. The BC Lions can still host a playoff game. They have to win uh, this week. Yep. And they have to beat the Riders by four points or more. Oh. So that'll, be, yep. that'll come into play during the game, uh, especially if it's a close one uh, late. Could be some very interesting game management scenarios there from, from Wally Buono. Uh, the legendary Lions coach who doesn't wear the headphones. Love it. Love it. Two regular season games left for Wally. I'm getting off topic. Uh, but two great defenses. And, and like you guys said, that's that's where I'm going. I'm not taking any players in this one, uh, in this matchup. I just don't. Thought about Jordan Williams-Lambert. He would be the guy. But it's just it's too risky. I don't think I'm looking at anyone in Saskatchewan because Calero seems to be just kind of a – a fantasy desert. His receivers aren't picking up a whole lot of points. I w- okay. Fantasy desert is unfair. No, I mean it. Is, it's not because even when last week he's going off for such high passing volumes and leading his team to a win, and it's still four, that's his best. Yeah. That was his best game of the year. So yeah, he's not throwing touchdown passes. Doesn't look uh, doesn't look great fantasy wise. So yeah, no, not not really a game that I'm super keen on. Let's. Let's stick with quarterbacks in that Toronto-Montreal game. Uh, How do you think these guys looked head-to-head? Franklin had a pretty good point total, 23.5. Manziel, 14.6. Who looked better in that game? It was kind of a sloppy game all around, but I guess that's kind of to be expected. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll weigh in first here as... Pat mentions how quick I am to bring up Johnny Menzel's name any any opportunity I, I get. That. Oh, was that yours? That was my you got, you both, That was Hannah. You both chose sayings to go against me. I, I don't like it. I feel cornered. At least we had sayings. I feel cornered. Um, I thought that James Franklin, 23.5 points. Johnny Menzel, 14.6 points. Uh, nearly a, a, a well, about a nine-point difference there, actually. Uh, I thought Manziel looked better than Franklin. I, I have to say I, I, I was disappointed with Franklin's play. I thought he struggled with accuracy. Uh, the pick six, I don't, I'm not sure was his fault. It looked like there was a mix-up on the routes. It looked like Deron Carter uh, was supposed to come back to the ball on, on a comeback, or, or um, he just kept running, right? And, and Franklin was looking somewhere else. So there might have been a cross-up between those two on that. But I... I I just I think Franklin is capable of so much more. Yet in the last couple of games, even with him not being at his best, he's still giving you a twenty-plus point production. So I'm looking forward to seeing what can James Franklin do when he's actually in a rhythm and accurate on his throws and having a big game. Which I think the possibility of that 
uh, is there against the Alouettes. So, uh, on the other hand, I thought Manziel looked pretty good. Uh, really tough to play behind that O-line. He was on the run throughout most of the game. Still made some really good throws. One comes to mind on second and 20 there where he converted to Eugene Lewis. Uh, also had a touchdown to Lewis. But I- I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Franklin this week, and I may play him just because... Even when he's not at the top of his game, he's still giving you the numbers. He's getting you those he's quarterback sneak points. I mean, yeah. most of his points came on the ground. He had 7.1 fantasy points through through the air. Yeah, zero touchdowns, two picks, and yet, yet 23.5 points. Yeah. And yet, in terms of who the better bargain is, or at least in terms bargain is, is debatable, but who's the lower price tag, rather, yeah. it's Johnny Manziel, and by about $2,000. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're starting to weigh the cost and the production, that gets a little more interesting, because Manziel put up the 14 points or whatever it was uh, with the, you know, $6,500 price tag, and you're talking about over $8,700 for James Franklin in week 20. So that's for me, I've got I've got one of these two quarterbacks in my lineup as well, but it's Ooh. not Franklin. I'm going Johnny Manziel, and and that's a second straight week mm. I've got Manziel in my lineup because I still like the matchup and I still think there's some potential there. And I liked what I saw from Johnny in that game, and this time Montreal's at home, so I just there, there's a, a lot of different reasons why I would lean Manziel to Franklin. But you're right, there, there's no doubt about it that in terms of what you might get even if there's a bad game. I think the the floor is a whole lot lower for Manziel. If Manziel has a bad game, he can finish with 4.5 points, whereas if Franklin has a bad game, he probably still has a quarterback sneak touchdown or two, yeah. and that obviously boosts his value a little bit, but that's also reflected in the price tag. So I just want to know how, you know, that, those, are, those are Jeff Creever's two favorite quarterbacks. He's got a tattoo on his neck of Manziel and then <laughs> one on his thigh on of, of James Franklin. I just don't know how you were able to contain yourself watching that game, and you got to do it again. I, I how, worry about you. How am I the one being knocked here when it's Pat taking Johnny Manziel for a second straight week? Yeah, what a, I was going what a to change say, of heart. Who's the who's the fanboy here? Uh, who's the fanboy am I, here? Am I wrong? Am I? It's I'm playing tone. it for the matchup. I mean, am I it's wrong about, about the matchup? That's not even a thing. You can you tone. can hear the love in your voice when you yeah, talk about uh, him. I have no love in my body. He's got heart in I his a, hearts in his eyes. I have no love in he my body at glowing. all. He starts glowing. You should is, see him, man. It is dead in there. It is cold. <laughs> you know, you know, Hannah. You know when you do when you edit the podcast and you start off with like a clip from the show and then you hit the music. Uh, I think that you found your your drop right there. I have no love in my body from Jeff yes. Creever. That's your perfect That's the drop. One. I have perfect. no heart. Cold and dead inside. That's it. Um, another guy that Jeff likes to talk about here, Deron Carter. We all do. Deron we all Carter. Do. He's fun. Deron Carter. Starting to get his looks. Five targets up against Montreal. Um, yeah. Still doesn't have more than two receptions since coming to Toronto, but is he officially in sleeper range? Like, should you feel pretty uh, good about putting him in your lineup, or is he still, still a gamble? He's sitting at... Just over $3,000. It's really weird because when Deron Carter signed with the Argos, I think everyone thought that this was going to blow up one way or the other. Either yeah. he would be released and, and go out in, in a fiery ball of fury or however that goes, and, <laughs> or he would become a star and, and do what he does, put up big numbers with the Argos. And it's kind of odd to see him just sort of fizzling quietly and being part of the background. And uh, the body language there kind of tells me he's he's getting frustrated with not getting a ton of targets, uh, but they're still there. He's getting around four or five each game that he's playing in. He had his looks against Montreal. He just doesn't seem to have that connection with the quarterback. So uh, I don't I don't know right now. I think it's it's definitely a hundred percent a risk. But if you like Deron Carter and you think he's this is the week for him to break out, tough matchup with Tommy Campbell there. At corner, one one definite strength of the Alouettes defense, but I'm not going to say stay away from him. I think he's an interesting sleeper at that price tag. He is, uh, and and I guess it depends how you go about structuring your lineup. Because if you look for one, two or three of those really low price guys uh, to put in your lineup, so you can get a couple of the 
big the big tickets in there and and still play a defense, then yeah, I think Deron Carter's a guy you look at. I mean, when when you look at Carter, when you look at Marquise Ambles, there's a couple of other names out there that you could certainly point to and put in. It's it's um, it's attractive, but I he's a little bit more he's a little bit more boomer bust for me, and I, I I guess I I do think there is a time that that Carter goes off. I just don't know if it's this week against Montreal, and and it's more of a guessing game than anything else. But I'll say this. Of the two games left for the Argos, if you're going to get Carter in on one of them, I would probably suggest this is the one against Montreal. You're right. I mean, the, the matchup against Tommy Campbell, Jeff, isn't the most attractive, but we're still talking about an Alouette's defense that allows more than 310 yards per game through the air. So, you know, I, I still think if there's... I, I'd rather be putting him in this week than in their uh, Week 21 finale. How's that? Yeah, that's that's fair. I, and you know what? I... I I don't know if I 100% agree on Montreal being the better matchup, but um, yeah, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with all your with all your points there, and and uh, I'm probably staying away this week because he left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth from last week's game, and I don't like to be disappointed by the same player two weeks in a row. It's <laughs> like I won't be picking a Darius Bowman this week either. Yeah, just another personal rule of yours. And surely he will have. They will both have great games and score touchdowns this week. <laughs> The Great Debate. Our Great Debate this week, not about Halloween costumes and not about sipping pumpkin spice lattes on the streetcar. Instead, our Great Debate is going back to our first topic of the day. Brandon Banks is done for the year in Hamilton. It's devastating. So now all of a sudden, a lot of fantasy eyeballs turning to the guy who's going to step right into his slot position in that Hamilton offense, and that's newcomer, Terrell Sinkfield and our great debate topic for week 20 is do you put Sinkfield in your lineup is he a viable fantasy option for week number 20 and uh, are we going to flip the coin first or actually let's let's declare sides Creever, are you on the yes or the no side I'm a no for this week no on Sinkfield I am absolutely a yes Okay, so let's uh, let's flip the coin uh, who's gonna call it in the air Jeff call it all right. Jeff, okay. Call it. It's in the air. What do you got? Tails. And it is tails. So, Creever, you get the first choice. Best coin flipper around. Told you it's always tails. Um, I'm going to... I, I still think that would have been an amazing... What do you call that thing? Like it's a hidden thing in a show or something? An Easter egg? An Easter egg. An where, Easter egg. Where yeah. every result is tails, and we just act like it's nothing. Don't even say anything, um, which is not, not what's happened. Usually, usually the only... The only uh, Jeff, we loaded, are actually loaded tight die, for time here. The only loaded die here is usually me losing everything because <laughs> Pat and Anna just declare me the loser no matter what happens. I declared you winner last week. I don't think Hannah's ever declared me a winner, <laughs> no, which, is, I have. which is fine. Yeah, I, just, been, I just thought it was me, meant that you're a good, uh, good debater. It's been 20 weeks. Hannah's definitely declared you the winner before. Um, Terrell Sinkfield is a very, very intriguing addition for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This is a player that is so athletic that every time he goes to the NFL, he's lining up at defensive back. He's got incredible speed. He could fit into that bank spot. However, however, temper your expectations right away because we know in this league, it takes players time to get acclimated to a new system, a new quarterback, not having Brandon Banks as a threat there. Sinkfield is going to have some challenges, and there are other weapons in the Ticats offense that are going to take away from him. Didn't get it all in. All right. Didn't now get you it got, all in. You're right on, you were right on 30 seconds, though, so uh, you didn't go over your time. something else I wanted uh, to say. Start it. It's too bad. So Jeff makes Jeff makes a convincing argument, Hannah. Now I'm I, I am trying to come at this objectively because I have my opinion on this as well, but I'm trying to throw that out the window for this conversation. So uh, you are on the clock. All right. Jeff, you saying that players can't perform their first week in the league is just flat out wrong. We've seen it time and time again. Most recently, Kyron Moore and Markeith Ambles. Both of these guys came out and had massive weeks their first week, and they've continued to produce 
This guy has played in the NFL, as you said, on defense. We've seen what he can do in the CFL. His speed is unbelievable. He's had a thousand yard season under his belt in the CFL. This guy's going to come in and perform immediately. Yeah, but Man. it's different. That, you can't rebut. That was a, that was a solid, solid, uh, great debate. That is as close as it comes. But guys, I'm all about the empirical evidence. And uh, that's what Hannah had in her debate. There, there were three bullet points of empirical, tangible evidence. So the great debate winner is by a fingernail, Hannah Nordman. <laughs> Thank Past you, Pat. results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. Say it with me now. No. Let's all say it together I still at the like same time. Empi- I still like empirical evidence, and that's, that's what put her over the top. Doesn't mean anything. And also, it Ky- means your examples, Kyron Moore and Markeith Ambles, they were on the roster at least. Sinkfield just showed up, and he was playing defensive it's back. It's not his first rodeo, man. That's it's what I said It's not his earlier. first rodeo. Three-minute warning. Three-minute warning now, or is it? It is the warning. Three-minute warning. Three-minute warning. Starting with money picks. Let's rip through them because we're almost out of time. Pat, who's your money pick this week? Uh, we debated about him, and uh, I was the lucky one to be able to choose him. Marky Thambles of the County Stampeders had a monster week this past week. I'm surprised that his price tag stayed as low as it did, knowing the targets that he's receiving. To see him at 2585, that that seems like a no-brainer. I, I know that he's officially my money pick, but I bet all three of us have him in our lineup for week 20. I'm going with Marky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're not. <laughs> Read that one wrong. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Markeith Ambles here. <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, I guess. Uh, I'm going with Kembrell Tompkins, Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver. Uh, he's flashed pretty good production at times throughout his first season in the CFL. Seems to have good chemistry with Matt Nichols, and he's got big playability. All it takes is one with Kembrell Tompkins. And uh, there's a good chance that he can get that play uh, against the Calgary Stampeders secondary that hasn't quite been its dominant self of late. I'm going to go with Dexter McCluster still sitting at that $3,500 price tag, mostly because he's getting points uh, on the ground and through the air. If he's having kind of an off game on one side, he normally picks it up on the other side. So Dexter McCluster is my money pick at 3,500. Jeff, who is your lock of the week? William Stanback. William Stanback. Montreal Alouettes running back. Uh, The kid looks like a star, and I've raved about him before on this podcast. Uh, Just a blend of size and speed and what he can do. Just go back and watch his 70-yard romp uh, that he had against the Argos last week. The only thing he didn't do was score a touchdown on it. He's the guy that's going to be on the tickets next year. If you're buying all season tickets, he'll be on there. Uh, the, the next, the guy that they, they can build that offense around, William Stanback, look for him to go off against the Argos in week 20. I like it, and it's funny. I know who Hannah's lock of the week is. Uh, you have Stanback. I've got all three of our locks of the week in my lineup right now. My lock of the week is William Powell. I like it a lot. He's come down in price from where he was last week. Not significantly, but by about 300 bucks. And I just think this matchup is, is too intriguing once again. I know that he's not getting a lot of red zone touches, and they're going to Dominique Davis a lot of times when they're right in the shadow of the goal line. But William Powell has the ability to break big runs. They're going to use him heavily. If Delvin Bro doesn't play for Hamilton, I know that doesn't directly affect the run game, but I just think it opens things up offensively for Ottawa, and and that opens things up for William Powell too. So William Powell, my lock of the week. And uh, for me, I know we just debated it. I'm going Terrell Singfield. That's how confident I feel about this pick. He is my lock of the week for all of the reasons stated. I think he's going to have a massive debut with this team, and uh, he's going to do it at just about $5,000. So that value is right there. Okay, Creever, have you uh, come up with anything for your fill-in-the-blanks for Devere Posey? You came up with it, and yet you dropped the ball in such stunning fashion that I still think we're all embarrassed for you. Have you come (laughs) up with a uh, fill-in-the-blank for Devere Posey scores touchdowns faster than blank? Faster than the Ticats dropped in the power rankings this week? From one to six? I don't know. Yeah. 
Jeez. It works, I guess. It's all right. I mean, I get it took you an hour to come up with that. I think you could have no, done better. No, but I wasn't even so. thinking about it. I also came up with five off the off the air. So they were they the were five ones. bad ones, by the way. Five pretty good ones. Um, the battery is dying, so faster than hopefully the battery on this device is going to die. Final words. Uh, I know you guys always have a lot of final words. Mine uh, this week is just a. If you have that, speaking of power rankings, a power ranking of annoying sounds, is there any worse than the slurping? No. And you did you it think twice. Think about like nails into a microphone. On a, on a chalkboard or um, people chewing loudly with their mouths open. That's, a, that's pretty intolerable for me. Styrofoam rubbing together is probably my number one. Yeah. Oh, that's. You're bothering me right now i don't know what this has to do with anything jeffrey because i want you to i want you to play the slurping thing over and over again i won't though i will not i think you should i'm firmly in in hannah's corner on this one as well three yeah Yeah. pat says no you're oh that's a majority rule creever uh that's two versus one and uh you know what let's use the battery dying as an excuse to uh to wrap things up for week 20 uh get your lineups in cflfantasy.tsn.ca just two more regular season weeks to play with us on cfl fantasy so get your lineups in and uh let's see who ends up coming away with the ten thousand dollar grand prize you want to win a little extra cash play cfl total pick them i went a cool 0 for 4 last week so just do better than me pick'em.cfl.ca make your picks and don't forget to tune into the waggle with davis sanchez and james sabolsky hannah nordman on twitter at what's that two weeks left i'm just yelling in the background you can continue seamlessly it's fine you're the you're the worst hype man ever uh (laughs) at hl nordman is where you can find hannah on twitter jeff creever doesn't deserve a uh, twitter shout out this week but it's just his name and uh i'm at fan 960 steinberg uh it's 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 actually just a it's just an act i truly love jeff creever he's a wonderful human being hannah's just a little bit more wonderful uh enjoy your week 20 check out cfl.ca for all your projections we'll talk to you for week 21 of the cfl fantasy podcast in one week's time have a lovely week